Boom. We're live. Hell yeah. Hi. Hi. Dude, I wanted to have wait. you on the podcast. Okay, wait. I'm going to show my webcam. Like, where, where's your webcam? My webcam is on the stream. Let me actually send you a link so you can actually see it. Just make sure you mute it. I got to hose my internet, though. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I got Google Fiber. So I'm, I live in San Francisco, so maybe it's okay. Maybe it's okay. I'm nice and mellow, dude. I, this is like, you know, sometimes these. We do these things in the morning, and I'm all hyper, and I talk super fast, and right. I'm just total spaz. And now I'm like, it's nine o'clock, and I'm, I'm not stoned either. Like I'm, I'm perfectly sober. Like I'm, I'm with it, dude. I will be, hundred percent focused. Dude, I like to do the podcast in the evening just for the same reason, you know. Like it's mellow, you know. Okay. It's ending. Work is done. Actually, for me, work is not done. I, I got like probably seven more hours to go. <laughs> That's just, dude, you, you and Ash, you and Ash are crazy, be, man. It's gonna be crazy. Yeah. Well, Ash is a something different, you know. Uh, it's a, it's a. Nothing, different... There's nothing like him. <laughs> like uh, I'm pretty sure you've seen his uh, little movie that he released, right? Little, uh, uh, Japan. Which one? There's so many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's so many. Yeah, for anyone who's out there, like check check out Ash's uh, new new little Japan Japan movie. It looks fucking mm -hmm. awesome. But yeah, yeah. so here we are, uh, live with with no other than G Monk, Bradley Munkovitz, right? Is that your Bradley, Bradley G Munkovitz? G Munkovitz. Yeah. All right, it's, okay, it's all okay. part of a system. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. That's not our real last name. Though. <laughs> I figured. I figured. I think he, when I was watching one of your older interviews, it might have been either with Ash or with Chris Doe or someone else when you were Stowe talking about revealed it. Revealed yeah. my last. The world <laughs> <laughs> and i was like How, where, where did you find that he's like well i just googled you and i was like well that monkowitz actually has a lot more traction on the internet than let's my keep real it that name. way i i like the monkowitz you know i like all the, I, the whole shtick so. my real last name starts with a g and that's <laughs> i love the whole shtick we should keep well, it I that just, way yeah you know it's exactly you dude i've i've discovered your work um gosh it was a couple of years ago for the first time it was like right after I met Ash and you know I started to look into the work I've seen your work before I've seen Ash's work though um, but I got more familiar with it uh, when I saw your work you have done for Tron um, and and later yeah you did like a couple of interesting things uh, one of one of the one of the thing that I like already strike me like this guy is a fucking cool guy <laughs> uh -huh. or it, he, he has to be was the monkey masturbating itself on your website? Yeah, that was like okay. Some I, of my some of my best work. <laughs> that was so good, dude. I love it. Like, did you did you did you, on the new website have you found it? Uh it's no. I couldn't Oh dude. Oh dude. Oh wait. So so on the old Am website. Am I missing something? Was, oh my god, you're so missing something. It's like <laughs> it's like leveled up like Okay, so on the old website it was you know, it takes over and it's kind of, you know, there's eight different tracks and it's a kind of a study on mm -hmm. monksturbation, you know, it's like a study. <laughs> and, and this one, it's, it's like shows the growth in my kind of like going from a designer to a director, because now it's all about a mood and it's all about this, like, it's, it's just a whole different thing, but mm -hmm. it's the same. It's Wait. like the same, like I reshot it. And I scored it completely different, and it's like completely different vibe, but it's the same idea. So um, is it? It's is it the feeling. one with the uh, with the lady? Is that like a whole no, story no, no, no. behind that's, it? That's, no, wait. That's, 
King, that's a different project. Oh, okay. This, this is the Monkster Bait, which is the which is just is my it? Easter egg on my website. It's so easy. Do you want me to tell? Do you want me to tell the whole world where it is? It basically on the homepage of my website. If you click the G Monk button, just like sit back and watch what happens, and it just goes. It, the whole thing just goes crazy. Okay. Yeah, and you'll hear like kind of <laughs> love making music, and it just goes into this like colorful. Silhouetted. It's just like I shot it with one of my favorite people in the world, um, Connor Grable, and and he's a frequent collaborator. And we just had so much, like it's it's what it's all about, you know. Is is like you, you were in his basement, you okay. know, with, with two lights for zero, <laughs> you know, just nothing. Uh, with my wind up toy, I have this wind up toy, and it's gonna be. I'm gonna have this wind up toy for the rest of my life. Dude, like, that's um, a whole new level. It's a whole new level. I told yes. you. It's like the coolest thing I've done in the last five years. <laughs> <laughs> it's like hidden, but it's right there. It's right there. Dude, it's right I there. love it. I think yeah. this is your best work. It's my best work. I told, I told <laughs> it's really it's really good. And you got to scroll to see all of it. You know, there's three different three yeah. different sections. And, and the last section, it gets really, gets quite graphic. And, you know, it's just one of those things, man. <laughs> I, I just had to... I spent so much time making this new website and I just had to just like, this was like the final thing that I did. I was like, okay, I, I talked to, you know, I have you know, my friends at cargo uh, collective and I was like, we have to put this in here. Like, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is elaborate plan. And uh, it's too good. It's too good. <laughs> Dude, this it's is awesome. Hard to, it's hard to, you know, this, this thing and all the Mandingo stuff, um, you know the big, the big muscular guy in the muscle suit. Yeah, I've I, seen that. I made one. that shit in like 2003, and it's just like this is the kind of work that, like, in terms of originality, it's mm -hmm. it's it makes me feel like okay, yeah, like there's you can still be original. You know, like nobody has this wind up toy. Nobody fucking could get Mandingo out there. You know, in that muscle <laughs> suit. Yeah, I I'm trying to find the Mandingo. Yeah. I remember, I remember oh. seeing it before. Uh, it's it's it, it's this guy. You, uh, f from what I remember, whether you were talking about it or someone was telling me, you met on the street, right? And like, hey, like you look cool. Let me take a. Oh, there it is. Crunch, I met him at Crunch Fitness, and, uh, <laughs> which is when I was living in New York. He was like the he was the towel guy at Crunch Fitness, and he would he was so funny because he was just you know, give towels to everyone that would come in, but he was just so hilarious on how he'd hit on all the women and he was he just like with these ridiculous lines and faces and he was just like such a comedic character you know and 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 back then i was so young and so just like there were no barriers just like who i would ask to film and i carried a camera <laughs> around wherever i went and i feel like sometimes you get so precious about what kind of camera you use and mm -hmm. how high fidelity this the production and just back then, I just had a camcorder, you know, shooting DV tapes, and it was just, I didn't care. I just didn't care, you know, it's just like, just shot him in front of a green screen, the low, lowest quality video ever, but that that's, it just doesn't matter sometimes, you know, it, it, it's more about getting it out there and and uh, expressing some originality. That's, that's what I always tell students, it's like, what, what's your best advice? And it's like, dude, think differently, man, like, break, you know, collaborate, cross-pollinate with different mediums and kind of break things and and take mm -hmm. you know tropes that you understand and make make yourself uncomfortable with them and and just try weird shit and your teacher is just going to appreciate it so much more if it, if it's just 
you know, like if you look around right now, like everybody's, I, I said, I sent a text to Mike Winkleman this morning. I was looking at an Instagram account and it was just so blatantly people, you know, so blatantly, like even like, you know, dubstep to the, these, you know, post-apocalyptic <laughs> creatures running around with people pulling on him and it wasn't people's work. And I was just like, holy shit, like this dude's just like straight up, like just taking what he's seeing and recreating, which is great. But for, you know, he's not going to establish an identity by doing yeah. that. He's going to learn a technical skill doing that. But, you know, you got to fucking, you got to break that, you know, you got to break that and put your own spin on it. You know, I, I call it people babies, you know, it's, oh my God, it's so many of them. <laughs> <laughs> spread, but it's great. I mean, what a, what an like rabbits. People, you know, like what an accomplishment for him. You know, like just he's he's completely changed the game. Yeah, you know, completely yeah. changed what being a cinema 4D octane rendering artist is. You know, mm. and that's that's legacy shit right there. You know, that's amazing. It seems like this is a common theme where you you have <laughs> someone who's really prolific, like yourself, Beeple, Ash, you know, Vitali. All of those, you know, amazing, my, amazing my artists. My best friend in my mug, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> best friend, Jesse Golden. Uh, dude, at I my 40th mug, birthday dude. party. At <laughs> 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 our 40th birthday party in Palm awesome. Springs. I need that mug. Are you, tell me you're selling it somewhere because I will I'll definitely buy it. Looks uh, fun. It's some 96 garbage. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like faded. Um, so. But what I was saying is like it's pretty a, it's pretty common theme where you have uh, those really prolific artists they they go up front with new fresh ideas or do something that is you know so so out there in terms of quality you know so refined um, and then yeah you have like this army of people that just copy copy the work and and follow follow the trend you know. But I like, yeah, what you said is exactly true. It's like if you just copy, you're kind of hindering yourself uh, with opportunities, you know, I think uh, I think we're getting uh, getting closer and closer with the way technology is moving towards and software, uh, the hardware, you know, how how accessible all of that is today. We're getting closer and closer to a point where rendering is not an issue anymore. Mm-hmm. And so you can make things look beautiful quite quickly. You know, Beeple is yeah. a perfect example. It's just like pretty simple stuff, but yeah, it looks amazing. Um, yeah, and 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 it just and then it comes down to ideas. So I always liked what you've been doing. You know, whether it was Mandingo, whether it, whether it was your monkey masturbating itself, or uh, there are other projects. I remember this one project you did with the lights. Um, huh. Lots of lights. <laughs> lots of lights. It was like a uh, triangle. I'm trying to find it. Uh, oh, the, the FITC triangle. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was the that was the, the one of the beginnings of uh, a, a really really special collaboration um, with one of my best friends, Michael Fullman, and mm-hmm. his his company VT Pro um, Design. We that was the beginning of like two dudes in Loyola Marymount's theater department. Uh, you know, that's where he graduated from, and we we used their theater department room, rented three LED panels and a, a couple tube lights, and just made this contraption super simple. Another buddy grabbed the camera, and we just fucking you know for less than five hundred dollars made this thing. And that is crazy. For, for him, he came from theater. Mm-hmm. And I came from kind of motion design and you know, he knew everything about lighting and I was, you know, doing beautiful sequence patterns, 
through these LEDs, and they're super low-res panels. You know, like, yeah. you can't really see the pan, and you can't really see the patterns very much. But just taking something outside of the screen and making it physical and emissive, um, and then filming it was the start of just a whole series of work uh, with light, any kind of light, projection, laser, LED, um, you know, material studies, refraction, uh, acrylics, using using acrylic to refract TVs and, um, you know, just any, anything, mirrors, tons of mirrors and, and just really, and then, and then robotics came into play mm -hmm. and then, and then that was the start of a new chapter. And, you know, I always say in speeches that, like, you have to have different seasons, you know, like, and, and I wish I could, I wish I could share my screen. I got probably can't share my screen. Yeah, uh, we can. If you want to, yeah. if you want, we can, we can actually share a screen and, and put it up there. It's pretty easy for um, me to set it up. God, I just hate the new Skype so much. <laughs> I can't find anything. But basically, my, my whole point is, is I plan what like there's work right and there's mm -hmm. commercial work and client work and stuff and then there's my work you know my and, yeah. and on my calendar it's called gmunk solo and and i've installed this special calendar app called fantastical and it has my own my own calendar so i have you know personal work you know obscure work etc 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 and then i have a gmunk solo and it's all it's my two favorite colors like baby blue and gold and I don't even know if those are my favorite colors, but my most calming colors. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and it's all just like my projects and it's planned months out. So I know exactly what I'm doing in February of next year. You know, I'm grading Hawaii photos and I'm taking a break in between that to get back into Maya and do a month of, of Maya prints called Mathographics. And I think that's in October and I'm super looking forward to it. And I have time blocked off and I... Come hell on high, like just <laughs> hell or high water, I get that shit done. Like I, I just zone in on Gmunk solo, and it's the most important thing. It's not the client work, man. It's it's the it's solo time to do the stuff that that. It's not that I don't care about client work because of course I do, and I really want to do a good job because I want to yeah. get more client work, obviously, and I want agencies to enjoy the experience working with me, and I learn a lot from. Um, I learn a lot from doing calls and reviews and kind of uh, brokering creative with other creatives um, in a collaborative way. But Gmunk solo time is, is there's nobody talking to me. And it's the things I can do alone. You know, it's like productions I can do. Sometimes these productions grow and, you know, involve other people. And sometimes they're just me upstairs fucking around with Maya, grading photos in Lightroom, going on trips with my photography friends or organizing small shoots with my you know, collaborators or doing huge things like, you know, Telestron um, and making time for that. You know, I, I work for free a lot. You know, like I, 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 I just shot something in London for free because I, A, they're friends and B, I believed in the product. They, they said right. we have, we have these new drones. I don't even know if I can say this. It's about <laughs> drones. <laughs> it's about drones. We have this and, new... And new New tech blah, with drone. We have a new thing, <laughs> and we want you to direct a film about it. And I was fuck yeah. I looked at it, and I knew right away that this is it's new. Like there's there's certain fields that really get me excited. And one of them is new technologies. You mm -hmm. know, like like. And I saw this, and I and I saw the film in my head, and, and I was like, I have to shoot this. And so 
I reorganized some flights, worked for free. It was really hard work, really, really hard work. But it to me, all this stuff just feels like school. And sometimes when you have no resources and smaller budgets, it's actually much more satisfying and much more challenging. And mm. at the end, it's, it's a gratifying experience. You know, you really, you really have to dig deep sometimes because there's no... If you're on a shoot and you're frustrated and you're like, you know what, it's okay because I'm making a fucking truckload of cash. And that immediately makes me feel fine. But this one, it's like I get no money. This is, you know, this is my time. Things are rough, but you just you just think about the purity of it. And yeah. it's everything. Nobody cares about your client work. You know, they don't That's care. true. Like, That's true. I, I would, I would say it's art. absolutely true. Yeah, people care about your your art. You know, like Ash knows that. Beeple knows that. You know that, you know, like a lot of the most successful um, designers and artists out there that they all know this, you know, it's not, it's not, some people get so caught up in brand work, you know, and not to say that brand work isn't rewarding or isn't good for your career because you learn a lot by doing brand work, but Mm -hmm. man, to really build your brand, you gotta, you gotta do the personal work and make time for it. And those people that are, you know, if you want to collaborate on something and they're, they're just like, well, you're going to have to pay me. Like, I don't work for free. It's like, mm. like, mm. is that, is that how it is? Like, do you, you, you know, like maybe they're being, maybe they just don't want to collaborate with you, you know, but, but I think a lot of times, um, you really, you can't, you can't monetize creativity like that. You know, it, it, you have to, you have to like, remember the feeling when you were, you learn the stuff in the first place. Like you remember that feeling when you first learned Photoshop or, or you first picked up a Wacom pen. And I certainly learned, I know, remember that feeling like distinctly when I first learned Flash and After Effects in, at school and mm-hmm. just started shooting videos and bringing it in and just staying up all night, nights at a time, you know, researching themes and coming up with narratives and remixing music and just basically putting all my interests you know, on my analog interest into the computer for the first time. And that feeling, you you have to, your career is about recreating that feeling. Yeah. And if you're doing the same thing over and over again, or just working for brands getting beat down, or, you know, you have to, you have to take a break from that and just really figure out what makes your heart sing and bring back that original feeling when you first learn this shit. And that's, that's the best way to stay inspired. You know, that's the best way to, make it in this industry is because this industry is hard you know it's fucking hard to be a professional creative because you're super competitive you get beat down by client work you know and and agency work um you know there's so many layers sometimes to it that you really really have to identify the things you love i know that sounds corny but it's it's so true sometimes you just need to hear it like over and over again to be like (laughs) I should just go off and just make something for the love, you know, like just I put in Munster Bait because I I just love the wind up toy and I love I love the, my best friend. Fucking interesting enough, this dude gave me Munster Bait. He gave it to me in like two thousand eleven for a birthday <laughs> and he found it somehow. I don't know where he found it. He gave uh, it to me and I just looked your at identity. it. <laughs> I just looked at it and I was like, You have no idea what you've done. Like you have no idea what you've done. Like this thing Will be will be remixed and photographed and filmed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like fucking 
I love it. it makes me happy. I like your approach, and I think uh, I think what what you are saying is true. It's it's one thing to say, you know, I, I'm I'm not gonna work for free if it's a uh, work done for an agency or for a client. You know, when someone who That's who has a lot of money is reaching out like, hey, like, do you, do you want to work with us? And if they say, but, you know, we're not going to pay you, but it's a notoriety of working with us and, you know, we're going to give you that's exposure. Dangerous. Yeah, that's a dangerous field to yeah, step yeah. onto. But then you have leverage whatsoever. There's nothing. Exactly. But yeah. like personal projects, you know, asking if someone asks you to join their uh, personal project, it's... You know, I can't. I can't see uh, instances where you know you might want to pay a person to to do the work with you, if let's say your goal is to monetize it later on. You know, do something that is more commercial uh, oriented. But if you're doing something in in terms of exploration and for fun and to learn, like that's completely different field. And I I, I 100% agree with you. You know, if you're if you're asking for money and that at that point is you're just kind of killing your own creativity yeah. uh, because it's, it's the, the goal is to learn and, and make something really cool and inspiring and not really just to make it another commercial work related stuff. You know, that's, that's what I, that's one of the reasons I love doing personal work more than I love doing client work. I think there are certain client client works that are really inspiring and makes you, you know, really excited about the project. But the reality is, and you know it really well, is like as once you work on one, two, three, four, five commercials or films, uh, you quickly realize that sort of it all, it's all of it is all the same and it all ends up in the same kind of spot. You know, there's some yeah. slight differences visually, maybe some ideas are greater than others, but at the end of the day, the process is exactly the same. You're kind of repeating the same steps to get towards the end goal. And it's fine, you know, a lot of people like to do that all the time and they, you know, that keeps them busy and keeps them happy. But I've noticed like, you know, I look at you, I look at Ash and I look at Vitaly, like three, mm -hmm. three out of Vitaly's quite monster. a few, um, you know, really huge inspirations of mine. And all of you guys take a lot of time off to do personal work, like a lot of time. A off. lot. Yeah. Uh, and so I admire important. that. Yeah, it's so yeah, important. So and sometimes, you know, client work can be fantastic, you know, and I think one thing I always say is don't pitch stuff you don't want to do, you know, yeah. don't pitch stuff you don't want to do because this is like fucking super important rule. Another thing is, is, you know, when you do this, when you do personal work, do personal work that you want people to hire you to do. Perfect yeah. example is um, my fiance. My lovely fiance is a very talented illustrator mm -hmm. um, named Simone One, and she did a project um, for a former roommate of ours uh, named Phil Ranieri, who was making a product called Lightform. And she designed, she drew a set. She drew this kind of underwater coral bits. Mm -hmm. um, you know, drew them, drew them quite large, and they made beautiful cutouts of them, and then projection mapped these set pieces and created this underwater world. It was beautifully done. Everything about it was beautifully done. The concept was beautiful. The illustrations were beautiful. The fabrication of the set pieces was beautiful. And this is great. And it comes out on this light form promotional video. And all of, a, all of a sudden, that one thing she did for barely any money whatsoever, she did it because she was super inspired and mm -hmm. she wanted to help out our roommate, Phil. Um, 
now she's getting calls to do just that, to design set pieces, and she's getting more into using her illustration to make flower, robotic flowers, and, and she's just doing such a good job of, of seizing on the spirit of San Francisco, which is all about technology and getting things off the screen mm -hmm. and either projecting on it using robotics or whatever, and, and it's really inspiring to see, and it's just, it just proves the point, you know, that, that this, this person, it's kind of a personal project that she did for love, and now people are going to hire her to do more of it, and she loves it. She's all about getting things. She's, a, she's all about practical. She's all about papers and brushes and pens and inks, and, you know, that's all she wants to do is get it off the computer screen and make packaging and stuff, and so it's, it's exactly that point. I made Monkey King for that reason, you know, like, I wanted to make a film. I wrote a short film. It was, it was about, you know, budgeted about $350,000 to make, um, you know, Am I going to go on Indiegogo for a short film and try to raise that kind of money? No one's going to support it, nor do I want to beg for it. Mm -hmm. Then we tried to pitch it as a music video to Warp Records. I cut it down to about a hundred grand. They're like, we have two two grand. <laughs> so like, okay, I can't I can't make this. I don't even think I can get the suit on set for two grand. <laughs> but but then I said, you know what? I'm just going to invest it. My I'm just going to invest it in myself, and I'm going to do a photo shoot because I know you know obviously I can't afford a film shoot, but I. You can get one of my buddies in London, a very talented photographer named James Wadlow. He's doing a lot of uh, stuff with uh, speed lights and gels that I'm mm -hmm. really inspired by and uh, wanted to learn from him. And so we collaborated. I self-funded a project uh, the, the, called the Monkey King. And, you know, so far no one's called me to do it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but that certainly doesn't make it a failure because I learned a lot. I had a lot of fun doing it. I love the results. Yeah. And it, it was like it was a, a perfect – your creativity is a story. And in that particular point in time, I was living in London, moving back to San Francisco, and I discovered this animatronic gorilla suit that I loved, you know, from a company called Animated Extras in, in England. That not in London, they were south of London. Mm -hmm. And I fell in love with it. I was this is just I was I was in love with the suit. And and, and, you know, no one wanted to support these films I was writing with the suit. And so right before I, I left London, I, I said, you know what? I have to shoot the suit. I have to shoot the suit. And so I, you know, self-funded this thing. It was, you know, moderately expensive to self-fund something. But yeah, um, it it left me with closure, you know, yeah. and, and I learned a lot about the suit. I learned a lot about speed lights and gels and, and studio photography, which is totally something I want to get into. And it was totally worth it, you know, and I got a great project out of it and I'm content, you know, and it's a write-off, you know, production cost. <laughs> exactly. Like, likes to, likes to say. Um, so, you know, sometimes, sometimes you got to take a hit, you know, sometimes you got to take a hit to kind of get it out of your system, but yeah. it's, it's time well spent if, if it's something you're passionate about. And, and if you want, you know, sometimes it'll pay for itself. You know, if someone hired me to, you know, do a photo shoot with something similar, then it would pay for itself. You know, pay, that would get new work. So. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Uh, and I, I keep finding it myself more recently where I started to put more effort towards my personal work rather than constantly focusing on clients, taking three, four jobs at a time and, you know, grinding, grinding, grinding. Um, is that not only I'm, you know, feel more refreshed and sort of like finding my own ideas and actually channeling what I really love to do, but sort of like the, the side effect of it is you actually start to get calls, uh, with the work that is related to your personal work. Like for mm -hmm. instance, my last two projects, one of them, one of them I'm working on right now, 
and then one of them were Nike, the Phantom Vision boot, where they basically directly stem from the client's love to the Showtime work I'm doing to my drawings, uh, cyberpunk drawings, right? Mm. Like it's a direct, almost like a direct connection. A, I found X, Y, and Z image on your Instagram. I love your work. I want to do something, you know, in that vein. Are you interested, you know? Oh, fuck yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I love doing that stuff, you know? Mm. And I think it's so important. You know, uh, I talk with Ash, like, almost every day. And we know how 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 prolific he is, obviously. Um, and he's telling me the same things, man. Like, th- some, of the, some of the best clients he's been working with are just directly from them seeing his personal work and then coming yeah. back and saying like look we have this project for you and we want to do it we want to do it with you and uh it's so yeah. important yeah i agree with you 100 percent. yeah another a couple of examples is like the work ruben Wu does you know you saw his luck this knock this amazing drone work where he has drones flying over mountain ranges at night lighting them and he's doing long exposure and you know i just saw him do something for audi doing the same thing and he gets you know commissioned by Acura to basically translate his photographic style into their brand and another guy is Maxim you know Chechkov uh, the Russian yeah, the Russian enforcer huge fan word. of him and fucking I mean bad I remember him back in the day all black and white and um, you know he, he's teasing his new piece he uses social media very well and he's teasing that new piece with like the kind of bubbles do the 3d bubbles in his like sci-fi rooms mm-hmm. you know so i could I, that's going to be a nike advert some you know that's yeah, going to be something it, it, it will be so one day you know like one day it'll turn into that and it's 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 you're you're basically paving the way you know to to recreate that for you know for for money by doing the research ahead of time on your own and that's yeah. the way to do it yeah it's it's super important i I've, it also just makes it more fun you know like yeah. how long how many times you can do same thing over and over I, you know again like there are some people uh just all depends on sort of like the personality traits you're gonna have you know there are some people that just love to have that repetition that makes mm-hmm. them makes them feel more comfortable with the work and the, with the life itself and they kind of like to be in that spot you know some of my best friends they just love to be in the studio they love to work in the studio they love to spend time doing one game because it's all mellow. It's all on the sort of this constant pace. They never yeah. oscillate to like the, the from the bottom to the very top. They're always going on sort of like this constant, almost like a flat line. But it's consistent, you know, it's a consistent across the time. And even if you take the average of, let's say, if, if I look at your work, you know, knowing knowing what you said so far and what you said before, it's like you like to take that time off to sort of unwind and, and not really think about work. So you have those moments of sort of like downtime creativity, but then you sort of like skyrocket to, you know, zero to hundred in a, in a matter of seconds. Yeah. You find you know, the thread. Yeah. And yeah. it's so, you know, over time it averages out to sort of the same, same level, maybe, maybe higher level of output, but it's still sort of in the same vein, you know, mm. but it's just, I guess, uh, I guess different people's personalities. I have, um, I, I've always been interested in, where do you find your most of your inspirations? I, I know a lot of that, that a lot of that just comes from your head, obviously, you know, the, just the way you think and, and approach the life. But I'll be curious, like what maybe 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 this is a better question. What what you think are one or two, whether it's moments, uh, things you saw in your life or, or something that were 
profoundly inspiring that kind of changed your way of thinking and, and, and approaching work? Mm, okay. Yeah. Let me, let me answer both questions. Uh, cause there are different answers. I think, mm -hmm. I think where I'm finding inspiration, um, nowadays is, is I'm, I'm learning the most on YouTube. Um, I've, I've recently got into YouTube probably two years ago as an educational platform, just like mostly for photography, um, learning and, and Maya, you know, learning Maya and photography, like new tricks in Maya is just fine. There's so many photographers on YouTube that are doing tutorials and, you know, everything that I know right now about studio strobes and speed lights is from YouTube and doing it. Um, and also tons of tons of Maya tutorials and just it's just it's just an ex it's been an explosion of information mm -hmm. um, between between YouTube and Twitter. Um, I don't really use Facebook. Um, I, 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 I don't really care about personal details about anybody. Um, <laughs> but neither. I do care about <laughs> articles on Twitter and educational tutorials on mm -hmm. YouTube. I also don't have a t I, you know really watch TV. But YouTube is kind of like, you know, I can, if I want to watch like Late Night with Stephen Colbert or something, mm -hmm. you know, and laugh a little bit on our political system, I'll, I'll throw on some, some YouTube on there too. Um, and, and, then, and then just reference, you know, Pinterest and Vimeo. Um, and and I, I check a ton of blogs, creative applications, Colossal, you know, the, the usual great blogs. Um, right. I'm always looking at stuff, mainly... These days, it's much less about motion design and much more about technology. Right. Um, and, and that's more just because, um, there's two reasons, I guess. I guess one is because the industry is changing a lot. And I just want to, um, you know, like the, the idea of the television commercial um, is, is there's not really going to be television commercials as we know it. In, in 10 years, you know, and, yeah. and that's, that's what I've spent the last five years building is being a commercial director. And so I'm looking at, you know, diversifying my, what I can do capability wise, um, by getting into installations of any shapes, shape or form, right. um, and getting, you know, the the conception screen doesn't always have to be a, a you know a fucking thirty inch fifty inch television screen. It could be a LED wall. It could be you know some fucking kinetic sculptures. It could be interactive. You know, it's just so much. There's so much mm -hmm. um, in the experiential side of things, and it's all based on motion design. It's all based on design, um, but it's 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 kind of you know in Tron and Oblivion we faked everything. Um, but now all of those, like Tron is all AR, you know, like the yeah. hologram for the solar sail, that's all augmented reality in a way. Um, and pretty soon we won't need our phones. Pretty soon we won't need, uh, head, you know, goggles for VR. Yeah. Soon it'll be volumetric projections around us. So that, that kind of stuff interests me because it's all based on motion design. It's just different canvases. Yeah. Um, and that inspires me the most is, is now, learning about that. I mean, in, in general, it's just what inspires me the most is learning. Um, and I'll never, ever master anything. I just have a, um, an earnest to really kind of jump into something and make myself uncomfortable and, and learn it to a point where I feel comfortable. And then mm -hmm. I might need a break from it and go learn something else and learn something else and learn something else. And I think that's 
super important for inspiration. You know, it's 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 learning and inspiration. Um, I learned to be inspired, and right, that's everything, man. And and a lot of learning comes from collaborating. You know, so many of the people that I've worked with over the years have paved the way for so many opportunities, and I wouldn't be anywhere without the people I collaborate with. And um, and it's fun because you 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 see your work kind of augmented in a way like you see it kind of take on a new voice and for me that's really fun because i know what i would do on my own but but then when you cross pollinate with other creatives um it just gets really interesting it's just interesting and, yeah. and there's always a story there's always an experience you know uh connor and i filming the monster bait in his basement you know, I'll never, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget what we were doing, what we were listening to, what we were laughing about. Um, you know, God, and, and and those memories are so, they're just treasures. You know, like that's that stuff you hang on for the rest of your life. You know? And sometimes the most impactful memories are are when you're the most vulnerable or, and really putting your creative self out there. And I love that shit. Yeah. Um, so so that answers your first question. Um, and your second question was. Oh shit! What was your second question? Um, it was about. It was well, about. One was, um, one, was a, one was about like inspiration in general, I guess, and the second was like maybe those groundbreaking moments that that really. Oh okay, yeah, yeah. So I think, think I think. I think you know working on box for sure was one of them. Um, just to see experience, you know, I was, I was coming when, when I joined a company called Bot and Dolly in 2013, I had just mm -hmm. finished Oblivion. Um, I had just finished, you know, fucking, that was the last time I was hands-on on a UI where I was in illustrator for months at a time, just like looking at grids on my monitor, sitting really close <laughs> and just like nerding out so hard on grid language. And then to go from that into Bot and Dolly and, 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 in between those was this triangle LED piece that you're talking about. It was in 2013 as well. Right. And just like starting to get things off the screen and into physical form, be it light or projection on robots. Um, so the first time that I saw the robots holding the canvases and we started projecting content on it and just looking at it, um, that was a huge moment because I my understanding of what the screen is exploded you know it just said okay a screen is not your imac monitor anymore it's not your television screen a screen could be attached to a robot and rotating 15 feet in the air and tracked with a projector and it's filmed from a camera on another robot you know it's like oh shit we could do that you know and and i learned so much from that time at bot and dolly from the robotics people and 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 the the architects and and so many, uh, the, and the cinema, they had an in-house cinematographer, and that was when I started saying, I don't want to do post anymore. I don't want to sit there and, you know, fucking, fucking give rounds and rounds of feedback on post. I just want to shoot it. I just want to yeah. shoot. And I went into a, I think a two-year just deep dive into the practical of every shape and size, you know, like music videos you know, small microscopic, you know, macro shoots, um, you know, like I said, lasers, LEDs, projection, robots, um, fabrication, and just everything but what I had been doing for the last 10 years. Yeah. And that felt great. That felt amazing. 
Um, another another big moment was working on Tron, and and that was in 2010, and that was the first chapter between doing motion design and being really graphic graphic minded, and and then fitting into a visual effects pipeline at Digital Domain, and just getting thrashed. You know, like we came in with this <laughs> with this mindset of like everything has to be crisp and high. You know perfect and and they're like no we're gonna throw it all out of focus you know because it's being shot with a camera and we didn't really understand what that meant you know like what does that mean and we had this you know open brilliant open frameworks artist on our team and you know he's pumping out renders that have no motion blur and no depth of field and the vfx supervisor's like we can't use it you know like this this isn't integrated into any sort of camera we're like yeah but it's beautiful graphic and they're like no fuck you we can't use it and so we ended up like porting the open frameworks apps to Houdini. Um, they had a whole, you know, SWAT team of Houdini killers back in 2010 <laughs> at Digital Domain doing all the particle sims on yeah. Tron. Such a high, so high end. And you know, we we ported our little dinky, you know, open frameworks app into like a Houdini pipeline, and just watching all of that um, just exploded my idea of like what motion design is. You know, because mm. it just went from you know, what I was used to at Prologue Films. Not to say Prologue Films or, you know, Buck or whomever didn't do great work back then, but you take that to digital domain and, like, really see, you know, a super polished VFX pipeline. It was like, holy shit, this is epic. You know, just so, so cool to, to really think about, um, you know, shots as as a filmmaker, not just, like, yeah. as a designer focusing on, you know, this, this grid or this perfect you know wireframe exploded hologram but like really think about how it's shot and where it is in, in the scene in 3d space and what's the lensing information and you know watching joe and eric barba the vfx supervisor like break down every shot every day like we had to go to dailies every day <laughs> and watch them break down every shot every day no we wouldn't stay for the whole time obviously we'd get out after like 30 because you, your shot would be called up and then you would listen to them critique it yeah, And just like watching them and sometimes we'd stay, you know, for hours in dailies and just watch them break this shit down. And that was definitely the most I've ever learned um, on any gig. I was just like so between that and box on in Bot Dolly was just so, so much to learn. And then the latest one, uh, you know, Monkey King and Telestron. Telestron was a new robotic light show that we did. It was totally different than box. It was all about volumetric light. Yeah. And um that looks insane, by the way. Oh, so cool! Yeah, it's, it was it was one of those things that, um, in person, it was just so so compelling and and and, and intense, and you know, just it was just a takeover. It's fifteen foot tall robot, you know, yeah. shooting beams of light everywhere. It's <laughs> just like crazy. But on 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 screen, when you when we made a video of it, we watched it on screen, and it was like this feels long, and this feels boring and it just doesn't have the scale you know it just doesn't have the scale and so the one thing i was taking away from that is like what what would be a better way to capture this like what would be the better way to capture the scale mm. of it and i think i think the answer is people you know showing the scale differential and i think that's what something you know i my my opinion of of people's work sorry mike i'm gonna hate on your <laughs> work a little bit it was, it was early work to me was just too candy, you know. It was just too candy <laughs> and just too. It was just empty, you know. It was just it was just colorful and and technical and just kind of empty. And the second he started putting humans in there, 
and telling stories with his artwork and getting scale and and dramatic scale you know tiny people and giant structures and just this 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 difference in scale that was when i first started looking at this shit and being like okay yeah now he's onto something like now this is starting to get really cool and then you know infusing political motivations and apocalyptic motivations and you know he's 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 really grown so much in in the in the past few years, and that's because he's injecting meaning into the work. He's injecting uh, a, a message and a personality and 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 the sense of scale and and purpose and you know posture. And I, and I love that, you know. And I think I think for me, it's you know when you do if you do something big, you need to make sure that it, that the scale is represented well yeah. in your documentation. Um, so I, I learned more from things I think are, you know, not fa- it, it's not necessarily failures, you know, because if you finish a project, you know, there are some successes to that. Sure. But I always look at something and I'm really harsh on it. And I there's nothing, the only thing I've ever made that I'm like, this is fucking perfect is Mandingo <laughs> and, and the Monster Bait. You know, like, I don't know what else I could really do. You know, like, I wish it loaded faster. You know, like, <laughs> You know, I guess that's, you know, but I, but it's like everything that's not whimsical and not just like, you know, sometimes you can make work that's uncritiquable. Yeah. You, you can make work that is so just like, what do you say? You know, like, what do you say? That's stupid. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's stupid, but it's awesome. You know, like, um, you know, but sometimes, you know, when you do work that's to be taken seriously, um, I find a lot of flaws in it. And I, I really, I, I, I really push myself to really be honest with myself. And I'm not that guy that's going to be like, wasn't that rad? You know, like, wasn't Telestron rad? Like, no, Telestron had a lot of problems. You know, like, God, I wish I mixed tones. Like, it was very monochrome and it was one color at a time and we really should have done gradients. And, you know, we just didn't have the time because, you know, fucking, I'm not making excuses, but like, those robots broke a few times and we lost hours, you know, our cable rips. So that's five hours, you know, it's three to four hours downtime you know of you know so so we learned a lot from that and we you know every every project you learn so much especially when you do something that's um a little bit experimental you know and and um i'm really hard and and i also just i try to run with the best you know like i i try to you know i'm always fucking you know i love ash and i love people and i love albert and i love you know all my peers ruben you know i love all all my all my fucking professional peers you know, Sebastian and, and Steven Schuster, you know, there's so many of them um, through the years, Jason Cook. And uh, I just, I run with all of them. I, I'm constantly sending them stuff. They're constantly sending me stuff. And I'm, there's like a, a friendly competitive fire in me that <laughs> I just want to keep up with them. If I can keep up with the most productive people I know, then I know that I'm doing something okay. Like, and that just forces me to really, to really push. You know, it's not, it's not, it's all welcomed, you know, it's all welcomed because I enjoy it. Mm. I enjoy pushing myself and I, you know, I know that I'm not going to do this forever. And I mean, there's no retirement or anything, you know, but I just know that like my work's always going to change because I'm going to be able to do less, you know, I'm going to have to at some point be able to be like, okay, yeah, I'm probably just going to want to, you know, I mean, I need help to do this or need help to do that. Um, but I just want to, I just want to at this point just make and learn as much as I can. And, run with those people that push me to keep doing that, you know, and, and I just know that 
if I didn't create something for, let's say I took six months off, like people who just like, I can't, I can't deal with it anymore. I'm, I'm, I need to step away for six months. I'm too burned out. It's like, well, then you're, you're doing it all wrong. You know, like, you, like yeah. I, if I had, if I had six months off where I didn't need to make money, oh my God, like that would just be so wonderful. Like I would just go on really deep dives into beautiful research and make giant prints of anything I would want to go on photo trips, you know, just be fantastic. Um, I would do anything to not have to do client work for a year, you know, and, and just do my own stuff. You know what happens when you have that much time off or when you, yeah, when you know there's a possibility you have that's, that that's time off? Fear, I'm sure. You're happy for first two days of doing nothing and then you get crazy. Like, fuck, <laughs> I need to do something. <laughs> like, it's not even like the necess necessity of doing something. It's just a cra craving to keep the creative flow, whatever that flow would be, right? Um, and I, I, I don't think I know anyone from the peers that I, t that I talk with that would just literally just, just, I, I'm out and taking time off. I'm not going to do anything. Like yeah, most of the guys are like, yeah, yeah. I'm taking time off. I'm making my sabbatical. I'm making it to learn new shit. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's always, it's always, yeah. There's always a goal related to it. And yeah. You know, like th that, one of the things that drives me crazy and I know I don't know if it's just me being sick or us in general creatives being completely retarded in that way. But that when you go on vacation, you feel like I don't need any of that. You know, <laughs> It's like I'm going there, but I still want to do something, you know. Right. That Grab a camera. My, yeah, yeah, that drives my family crazy. I remember um, going to um, like we went to Yosemite a couple of years ago and my wife told me, you know, like you could actually look at the sites that are here not through the lens and enjoy mm. it a little bit you now nah, but you you see things what so much like, deeper no, through the lens man lenses. yeah <laughs> yeah well yeah and i mean i i feel like when you photograph and manipulate an image and compose it you know you 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 frame it in your your way it actually is a much more engaging way to view mm. anything you know like i feel like you know people who are at a you know, fucking, you know, Jay-Z concert and they're looking at it through their phone. That's stupid. Yeah, that That's is stupid. that is stupid. I but agree with you're you. You're at Yellowstone or Yosemite and you're looking at something beautiful and you want to capture that beauty, but in your own way with composition and format and just really, you know, time, you know, looking at how the light is hitting things. I think photography is the best way to just study your surroundings. You know, you're, I'm constantly looking at light. I'm constantly looking at where the, the sun is coming from and the shadows it casts and the, the filter, you know, how it filters through buildings or how, you know, and, and then, and then you throw a, a full spectrum camera into the mix. And, and now it's like, you're looking at, at, at heat and, and infrared wavelengths that you can't see with your eye and, what gives off more infrared light than others and you're in this fucking other psychedelic world and you know it's just, yeah you did yeah. that with the iceland photography and i think uh yeah, more recently yeah. with hawaii right yeah, yeah still there's so much more coming for hawaii but um, <laughs> you know it's just and i love that man i i it looks I, alien dude it looks like completely different like well, thank you. yeah I know what it is like looking at it i can imagine what the original photo would look like but then like the way you it's colored and the way it's depicted it's like dude like that could easily be in like star trek movie you know yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah and it's fun and I, I got a i got a group of, of friends we go on these photo trips and we 
go for like eight to ten days and man we work hard dude like we <laughs> we just work hard and it's it's so nice because like yeah i just remember my dad used to go fishing with his buddies you know they used to go to costa rica on a sailboat tarpon fishing you know that was their thing and i'm gonna be that dad that like goes with his photography friends to <laughs> to fucking new zealand you know for a week and just work our asses off just like shooting 7,000 photos in five days or 10,000 photos in six days, you know, just working, hustling, sunrises, sunsets, astrophotography, whatever, you know, like just hustling, hustling, hustling. But it's so, it's so invigorating. Like I, I, we just watched our, our beat, you know, one one of the guys at the photo group is a a young guy named James Heredia. Mm -hmm. He's 25 years old. And me and Jake Sargent are, you know, I'm in my forties. He's just turning 40. And, you know, we're like these older dudes and Heredia is like this young guy. So he just films and films and films and films. And then he turns over a 14 minute BTS today. And it's just like, you watch it and you're just there again. And it's just dumb. These guys who are just stoked and we're so different. It's like three people from completely different worlds. And we just come together on the shared passion of taking photos, you know? And, and Mm. it's just like, so, pure because and we just support each other there's no competition we, you know we all know who the best photographer is it's not me this jake is definitely the best photographer out of all of <laughs> and we're both just kind of like cool with it and everyone's cool with it and we just try to like inspire each other we have each have our own thing and it's just so we're lucky man we're lucky to have each other and and and, and like and creativity is like that, man. A lot of the people, and I know you're like this with a lot of your collaborators, but a lot of the people you collaborate with are dear friends, and you get you can really you can really get to know somebody if you can go through a creative process with them. And you know, there's tons of tangents, and there's tons of stories and jokes. You know, there's kind of I'm working on the new Top Gun film, and fuck, man, like. I basically took the job because I just wanted to make Top Gun jokes with the two guys that I was working with, you know, and our fucking thread is ridiculous. You know, it's just so funny and our calls are funny and everything's just fun. You know, it's fun. Yeah. And, and it's just, that's what it's about, man. It's it's just about, you know, like people ask me, I speak, speak at schools or, and to a lot of students ask me questions. They're like, you know, like, what do you, what's your advice for me in school? And I'm like, dude, cross pollinate with other departments, you know, like, if you can, if you can go from being a designer to collaborating in the fashion department, you know, or the architecture department, or the photography department, or you know, the industrial design department, you know, like just cross pollinate, man, and, and get to know those people from those other those other departments, and it's so it's so well worth it to get outside of what you're being taught and just expose yourself to to other things. Um, Tobias Van Schneider, who's a, a wonderful uh created Semplice labs a wonderful designer so talented uh social media monster you know just so good at his managing his brand and just massive respect to him um you know he said something really interesting that like his best his one piece of advice that he said is is you know if you're at a studio you should sit next to a developer being a designer at a studio you should sit next to a developer Mm. Um, and just really look at the way they look at the world and, and the way they, they look, approach creativity because developers are just creative as, as designers are. And that's what brought him to make this amazing platform called Simplice Labs, you know, and, and it's brilliant. You know, it's brilliant. And, and we, we can cross-pollinate with whomever 
um, you know, we choose, but man, it's, it's good to get that exposure. Like I'm loving, you know, my, my girl, you know, my girlfriend, Simona, it's just, I, I love being with an illustrator, you know, like I just love her watching her approach and all of her pens and brushes and papers and the things that she's into is so interesting to me, like just seeing it and just by being exposed to her uh, and her workflow. And, you know, we obviously share the same house and we share a similar studio Our studio. My studio is upstairs, her studio is downstairs right now. And, you know, I just love, I love watching her and, and, you know, her interest had pollinated into my interest in print. You know, I'm really interested in print. I'm really interested in fine art and gallery shows and, you know, that wouldn't have happened if I probably wouldn't have met her, you know, and, and that's probably going to be a huge part of my career moving forward is I want to get things on walls. You know, I want to get, you know, really work on getting exhibitions and get into that world. Not, not for a full-time job, you know, that's not what I'm going to do, but I would just, as a, as a kind of labor of love, you know, to, to just get into that because it's, it's fun to see your shit on the wall, you know, especially if it's big and, it's fun to watch people interact with it. It's fun to, that's why I like experiential work is it's fun to watch people kind of break your expectations a little bit, you know, like how you never know how people are going to consume it. A lot of the, a lot of the stuff that I post on Instagram or, or Twitter that I really like, nobody likes. And the stuff that I post is like, mm, maybe I shouldn't post this. People like way more than I expect. You never, you never have you can never have expectations about anything because yeah. What is your approach to that? Because like I've I've noticed that I started posting like I used to think that maybe it's the right way to post something that people re, uh, respond to positively, but then I realized it's almost like I found myself boxing my my own creativity just to please you know likes, and I also found that like likes ratio has nothing to do with the satisfaction of work or even just getting extra work or making more money. Um, you know, even just selling prints, you know, people respond by looking at stuff and they like stuff, but there's, I couldn't find evidence that more likes means more sales, you know, like for yeah. prints or t-shirts and stuff like that. I get most of my likes in the work that doesn't sell. <laughs> right. And, and you know, and, and quite opposite, the, the work that sells the most, looking just at prints, is the ones that doesn't necessarily have have the most likes, but it's the stuff that I really put a lot of attention to, you know, in terms mm. of the quality, uh, the quality of the design, the uh, composition, you know, the idea behind the picture, that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I would be I, curious. What, what I tend to just that? not overthink it, you know? Like, I just tend to, if I'm, if I'm looking at something and I like it, I'll post it, you know, like I don't, I don't really, yeah, I, I don't really care a, anymore because there's approach. no, there's no, there's no pattern. There's no, there's, you just can't, you can't predict anything. And I learned early on, man, that like you can't have expectations on how your work's going to be received because it'll always be, dis- you know, like the stuff that you think is great that people are going to love, you don't get the recognition for it. The stuff that you think is just like, mm you know people people will like it and and that goes for an instagram post to a project release you know like you go into something be like that's pretty cool you know and then nobody likes it you're like all right well i think it's cool and then you go on post something like i shouldn't post this people love it you're like yeah that feels good (laughs) you know like great you know so there's always a way to to yeah you don't you don't do the work for the 
you know, affirmation of others. You've yeah. got to do the work for your, yourself and, you know, the process and the learning. And um, it's tough, man. This is a really, it's a really, I, I feel, I feel like people like you and I and, and who have been around a while and kind of got in earlier on um, when it wasn't as saturated are, are it's, it's the people who are getting into it now and, and recently in the last few years that there's a fucking, is a very populated industry. Um, you know, you can just get lost on Behance just being, it's just like, holy shit, there's so much out there and there's a lot of good work out there. And, and I, and <laughs> like, I don't, I think, I think the way to do it now is you have to have a social media game. You have to have, you have to interact. You have to attend trade shows. You have to attend, you know, conferences, trade shows. Mm-hmm. You have to network. You have to hustle, man, because nobody's just gonna, unless you're like supremely talented and it's just like you're you're the next Killian Ang, and <laughs> you know, because that dude doesn't do shit. You know, like that yeah. dude just doesn't do anything. He, nobody knows what he looks like. Nobody's ever talked to him. He's certainly never going to be on anybody's podcast. You know, like he is just a who. Nobody knows where he lives. You know, he is just. He is the next Mobius, and he is the next Mobius because he's the next Mobius. He's that good, you know? But So unless you're Killian Aang and can just do that and your work stands on its own and you're just fucking epically talented, that's fantastic. But you really got to, you know, look at, look at guys like, you know, Maxim and Ash and people. Look at how often they post and all the different platforms they post on. They're just, they're just pushing it out, man. And the more... The more it gets around on the Pinterest boards and on the Google searches, and the more people kind of see it, and it more just percolates. The more the name yeah. percolates, this is what you got to do these days, you know. And and it's a different it's a different game entirely, you know. It's a different game entirely, and you know it, it's kind of I don't know. I have mixed feelings on it because it is so saturated and it's tough. You know, it's tough for the for the new gen to get in there. But I just think originality is really important. No, yeah, I agree with you, and you know, I like what you. Uh, bless you. Uh, oh, I like what you said early on about you know social media in general. Like you know, you only post like you post mostly on Twitter, and you sort of like only you don't really curate your work towards specifics, but it's more like I I just post what I like. I don't like to look at other people's profiles. I, I'm not really interested in that. You know, I just, that was a discovery I had like uh, I think it was almost two years ago now where I've noticed that my wall is basically a wall of other people's life, which I really, <laughs> really, really, really found I don't really care about. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. You had wonderful dinner at this fancy restaurant or you went to vacation. But I always, I, I, I always had to ask myself a question like, is this thing that I'm seeing right now taking away time from my productivity or from my family and whatnot? Or is it really en- enriching my life to a point where, like, I'm inspired, I want to do something? So mm. gradually, I found myself, you know, going down from 500 people that I follow to five or ten, which mm. is just people that post awesome shit that when you see it, it's like, fuck, like, I, yeah. really, I really need to do something now, too. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have a rule now. And obviously, you know, there's there's some some hidden hidden profiles out there that haven't been posting in a while that anytime something pops on my on my stream on whether it's instagram or twitter that it has anything to do with politics family 
weird stuff that I'm not interested with, it's like, uh, yeah, this is a perfect candidate to unfollow no matter oh, how, yeah. no matter how great of an artist or person that 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 person is you know right like you you can be craig mullins or you can be g monk you can be whoever you want to be if you're just posting like family photos like why would why would i care yeah <laughs> no no not on twitter on facebook i mean if yeah. you want you know but I, I i haven't had a facebook news feed for over 10 years i saw the plug-in Maybe that maybe like eight years. I saw the plugin called Kill Newsfeed, and it <laughs> lets you preserve your Facebook account, you know. But but it just you open Facebook and there's no newsfeed. It's just blank. Yeah, if you're not and following anyone, it's, it's like you you lose the interest of going back to watch anything because it's like oh I saw it like three days ago. There's nothing new. Okay, I'll move on. You know? right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't I can't Facebook. But the Twitter stuff is is basically my news. It saves me from going. You know, and checking the news. You know, I like. I I actually find it. It's a fascinating time, uh, in you know, in the U.S.'s history, in the world's history right now. It's a fascinating time, and I just, just as much as it is a distraction, I I just <laughs> I just really, it's just a fascinating time. I don't know how else to say it. You know, and I just want to like kind of just watch it. You know, I don't really spend too much time. Uh, you know, getting into the nitty gritty of it, but man, it's 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 just an interesting time to be alive. You know, it is. I don't really pay attention to news. You know, I I've, I've I took an advice. I can't remember who that was. I think it was Tim Ferriss in Four Hour Work Week when he said, "You know what? Like, you really don't need to watch any news because if anything like really important happens that you need to be aware of, about it, yeah, someone will tell you about it. You know, someone will tell you, yeah." <laughs> There's something something true about that. You know, we used to be in times prior to social media and internet where you really only knew the things that are that were directly around you. And if you traveled the world, you were like really probably the most informed person out there. And then everything someone said, you just kind of took it for granted. That must be true, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was just so many ur- uh, urban myths uh, that just sprout out, out of that. And, you know, internet came, came along and now some someone says something funny or something that they con- are convinced about like oh yeah you're sure i'm just gonna google that real quick mm. <laughs> and find out you know um i think yeah i think it's great that we have social media we can share the work we can you know pollinate our work out there make more mm. people aware of what we are doing you know what what kind of work you do uh you know expose yourself to the world as well but yeah. also i f- you know the sort of like the the negative of it is just like it open door to all the dummies that are out there too oh my god never <laughs> never read comments oh my god comments dude yeah. the youtube comments are the best dude <laughs> oh my god what a black hole that is <laughs> yeah it's pretty terrible yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy terrible, yeah it's it's, it's it's but i mean then it but you know that's this is the reason i go to burning man is like it, it's like you you can look at YouTube comments and it's just, it's just dark, you know, like it's just goes, <laughs> people spend their days just like fighting on YouTube, you know, or, or, or Twitter or Facebook or whatever, you know, uh, just all worked up over responses and, and there's that. And, and it, it just shows you kind of how deep it goes with humanity. People, you know, it, it could get real dark, man. And yeah. then you go to Burning Man and it's just the opposite. It's like your faith in humanity is completely restored because everyone is so 
creative and expressive and friendly and accommodating and kind and generous. It's just like, it's so, you're basically constantly looking around and just being like, that's awesome. That's awesome. They're awesome. That's awesome. Oh, that was really nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. And it's just, it's, there's nothing like it. And although it's changed, you know, it's gotten just big, it's just gotten bigger, you know, and even and bigger with, than it was. Yeah. It's, it's like almost 80,000 people now. It's like, Oh my you know, God. It's like a whole huge. town. Whole. It's massive. And that is crazy. With that comes a lot of, you know, there's been a lot of articles in the last few years about how, you know, the, the San Francisco tech scene has kind of infiltrated Burning Man and, you know, kind of polluted it with, you know, money and status and elitism. But all the goodness is still there. It's just a little bit more spread out. And right. the way we do it, it's just, you don't, we don't, we're not exposed to any of that douchery. You know, it's just, it's all goodness. Uh, and as long as the weather's good, you know, sometimes the weather can be a bit challenging with dust storms and extreme heat, extreme cold. Right. Um, but if the weather's good, it's fucking. And that that shit's in a couple weeks. So I just got my bike rack today, and you know, nice. Yeah, you know, our, our our you know our our loft is all full of Burning Man stuff, and you know, it's <laughs> it's, it's going to be the hard reboot, and then you know, it's it's one of those events during oh the gosh. year that really. So, yeah, that's like the one time where you get like the hall pass, you know, and you can kind of kind of ingest as much as you. Yeah, I remember when I came to US, that was back in 2010, like Burning Man was nothing as big as it is right now. I remember mm -hmm. like there was a couple of guys, uh, a couple of people from Naughty Dog that would go there and uh, enjoy the time. And I think it just went also like significantly more expensive, right, to attend. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, tickets are about almost four hundred dollars each now. Damn, that's a lot. And then, and then, and then you, you know, then you got to get your tent and your. Yeah. Car, you know, there's so many other there's food, water, supplies. Yeah. Cost, you know, whatever costumes, whatever, whatever you bring out there, uh, it, it's about a thousand dollars to get out there. I think. To do it. I've never been. I've only observed from the sidelines. You know, to me, I think to me personally, it's a little bit too crazy. Mm. Uh, but I do appreciate. Especially at night. Yeah, but I do appreciate the art. You know, I do appreciate oh, the art. The, is so uh, good. It's the so creativity. good. It creativity. Creativity is unlike anything you'd ever see, man. It almost feels like being in a head of Alex Gray. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Um, Alex Gray. Yeah, it feels like you know that scene, that scene in the new Blade Runner when he's going towards the nuclear zone and he's walking in the orange worlds in between the two giant pillars. Yeah, I mean that's Birdie Man. Yeah, you know, like, it felt just, like that exactly. Yeah, it's just like you you go you go out there in a dust storm at sunset, and that is exactly Blade Runner. You know, that scene in Blade Runner is exactly what Birdie Man is. During a dust storm at sunset or sunrise, that is usually crazy. not dust storms at sunrise, but dust storms at sunset, it's just so fucking cool. It's like being in a Terry Gilliam film. You know, it's just <laughs> so awesome. So yeah, that'll that'll cleanse me of. It's been a it's been a very um, been a very interesting year so far. You know, it's been a very interesting year um, balancing balancing um, a lot of work from various sources and. Um, you know, I think I think at the end of the day, as you, as I learned to become a, a better director, 
you know, as long as you have resources, you can do anything. And I could do 20 jobs if I have great resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just, you just pepper around and kind of give each project what it needs to kind of, you know, you're, you're basically just cultivating, you're growing, you're growing a beautiful plant and you just water the plant enough and give it its fertilizer and you give it its sunlight, you know, just kind of sculpting these various things. Um, so I feel like it's been challenging in that way, but it's forced me to kind of grow and become a much better director, just juggling, juggling uh, all the things I'm doing. Um, but, I, you know, I'm going to cleanse that shit in Birdie Man, and I vowed to make the second half of this year post-Birdie Man to be much more, um, much more open, much mm-hmm. more um, doing less on the client side and doing more on, you know, just having more time uh, for myself, I kind of reached a lot of my goals in terms of just like client work and financial goals. And I'm just kind of going to pump the brakes a little bit. I, I say that now. <laughs> I say that now until, you know, the next, the next thing comes. But I really do want to, um, I really do want to spend some more time doing, doing the art and, and working on some, some new, you know, photography projects and getting, yeah, I want, I want, the next the next thing is to get into the studio and start playing with uh, studio strobes and mm. you know forms and you know not only doing um, you know shooting humans but actually shooting uh, macro and textures and you know I, I fucking was in uh, I was in Colombia and this this guy at a conference a wonderful conference called 4GM this dude gave me this giant candle and a super detailed skull mm. really fucking detailed skull and i looked at that thing and i was like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna melt this i'm gonna melt this candle i'm gonna melt it and half the head's gonna melt away and i'm just gonna take this thing in studio and just fucking shoot this thing you know it's like <laughs> all i want to do you know and so i still need to do that you know and i really right. want to get really cool colored lights and gel all my strobes and just fucking make some dope shit with this half melted skull and we'll probably take monster bait in and some of my other toys and glass and you know my fiance's paintings and <laughs> I just want to really make time to just nerd out and and because right now I've been shooting a lot of nature and and yeah it's a different beast it, well yeah and it's fun but I'm bored of it you know I'm bored of I'm bored of it I need to change and and so shooting more urban uh, street photography has always been fun because you find moments and you you just there's so many interesting textures with architecture and and you know uh, using long lenses to compress the image and kind of flatten it out into a design and finding contrast and negative you know positive and negative space relationships and it's just very fun so you know I'm looking to change that up quite a bit and um, and then you know I got we got a a couple of new robotic things in the works and a couple of new um, experiential pieces I'm going to release three new projects in September. Um, you know, one's an AR project, one's a, a, a dance film with mm-hmm. drones, and one is, uh, what's the third one? Oh, one's a, cl- a client piece uh, for a car company uh, cool. using projection mapping. So it's like completely, three di- completely different projects. One's on a giant LED wall, one's projected on a car, and and one is a film, you know, a traditional cool. film uh, that was shot in London. So, yeah, it feels, that's the key for me is is just to have the work be so different. You know, like, and each one has its own story and challenges, and and you know, as long as there's that variety, I'll never get bored. You know, so that's yeah, yeah. You know, I just you know, I'll never be, you know, like I'll, 
I my, one of my heroes, you know, I have a lot of heroes, but one of them is Spike Jones. And I love following his story because, you know, he he used to make skate videos and, you know, shot all the jackass films and was super tight with that crew. And he just seems like I've never met him, but he just seems like such a real guy. And I loved watching um, the behind the scenes of the new Apple ad he did, the HomePod. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's fucking operating the camera and he's just the way how hands on he goes with the with the dancer and just he knows I love his films. I love where the wild things are. I loved her. I love being John Malkovich. I mean, well, God, like what a brilliant piece of work yeah, that brilliant. was. Those music videos, and they're so they have this like spirit to them, you know. Like I love Chris mm-hmm. Cunningham. I love Jonathan Glazer as well. But I feel like their stuff is just so kind of dark and ominous. Where he has this like vibrance to his work, his spirit, and and then you see, and then you watch it behind the scene and watch him direct talent and you watch him you know hands-on shooting this thing he used to be a dp you know and he's just so fucking good you know everything he does is so fresh yeah i like um, i really like his work too amazing I and it's, i love it and and um you know so I, I i definitely study my heroes quite a bit you know and, and there's there's heroes at different levels you know like one of my heroes that like kind of uh somewhat kind of barely achievable level would be a guy like ruben Wu who was the synthesizer player player from Ladytron? You know, he comes from yeah. a music background. Oh, I didn't and know that. Yeah, yeah, he's the he's the he's like one of the members like Lady of Ladytron. Tron. Yeah, fucking great. Yeah, and you know, he's the synthesizer player at Ladytron starts getting into photography, and I, I met him in 2013. He came to Autofuss where I was working, and he presented his photography. His early days, you know, not very polished photography, but his locations were amazing. And mm. and just the vibe, it was just, you felt like, you know, it was just from another planet. It was amazing, amazing locations. And, you know, you could just tell that this dude hikes up a mountain of snow and just sits there and waits for like the perfect light, you know, on his tripod and just like shoots it, you know, and, and he mm. just waits, he waits for it. He finds it. He, he lets, finds the moment. He finds the moment. Right. And, and and since then he's just his photography is just like otherworldly you know and he's just super nice um and you know he's just what i love about it is just seeing him start with a hobby and then finding that passion in the hobby and now he's you know a total a professional photographer using just the fucking you know he's just upgraded everything his gear is as pro as it gets his locations his techniques his printing techniques his did the drone stuff he's doing is yeah the drone stuff is incredible incredible you know it's just i love it you know and i love peace that you have those little mountain peaks or like rock peaks and then there's like (laughs) circles yeah (laughs) it's so crazy so crazy do you know uh works of uh i think it's jeremy crutzen right Mm -hmm. jeremy crutzen right he's like the the marriage between location photography staged location photography and like gels and floodlights and like ah i remember um i remember seeing his work after after we finished working on the last of us and then like ash have sent me a link to his work it's like did you guys look at jeremy crutzen's work creating the concepts for it or like dude like it it's funny how similar it is to the concepts we're creating in terms of like light staging mm. uh the environments you know mm-hmm. and i was like i fell in love in his work right away i have his book uh like i have 
I have quite a few books. I actually got rid of like half of my books that I just yeah, like, yeah. just stick there and I, I'm not really paying attention to them. But his book is like right there waiting to be opened like a, mm. as often as possible because I, I literally love his work. Um, yeah. Yeah, man, I, I, I really like the... The, your your direct more uh more hands-on more uh tangible real stuff that is in the camera you know yeah. I, I found you based on you know the tron and all the projects you did with more more of the motion graphics yeah but the stuff you're doing now is like to me it's so much more inspiring you know because it's just like mm. there's something about the quality of light and something about the way things look and feel when they're actually shot in camera Instead mm -hmm. of just being digital, right? There's, ah, so there's, much there's better. Just, oh, yeah. quality. One of the reasons yeah. why I loved uh, Quentin Tarantino's movies because, like, he oh, still so good. the dialogue, man. Film. Yeah. You know, yeah, he still does it on film. Like, it just yeah. has such a different quality to it. You know, oh, when you watch, God, uh, yeah. what was Kill the new Bill. one he made? Yeah, Kill oh, Bill. Oh, Hateful Eight, I think, was yeah. the newest one. Yeah, that was. Uh, he shot it on seventy millimeter, and when yeah. you watch, it's just like. All those tiny imperfections, the way the lenses captured bouquet in the background, you know, the anamorphic lenses, it's like, oh, it's just That's oozing great. with awesomeness, you know? Dunkirk, too, was shot on film. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. color on that film is just, oh, God, the color is so good. Yeah. Dunkirk, so good. Dunkirk is great. Great, yeah. So good. So, yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot out there. There's a lot out there. It's impossible to be... If you're ever jaded, you know, like you could be jaded from like getting beat up from an ad agency or something, you know, like that's fair. But man, like so, if, if you if you can't find something to make your heart sing, then you shouldn't be doing this, man. Because there's so much out there, and it's so there's so many masters, and there's so much yeah, there's so much history, and there's so many like fuck, man, go watch Close Encounters of the Third Kind, you know, like yeah, like, God, like the, the fucking great. scene where. Richard Dreyfus and the first UFO kind of comes in contact with him in the car, you know, and it's all like grainy film because it's all kind of low light and everything's going crazy. And it turns upside down. It's fucking amazing. It's all in camera, you know. It's just, you know, what we found, huh. my, what I found myself doing a lot with, because right now, I've been, you know, I've been collaborating with Ash. We're doing this project together. We're we're sort of clashing Lost Boy and Showtime into yeah. like this super brutal, stuff. Yeah. super brutal, you know. Uh, it's just like let's just fuck it let's just make it as brutal as we want you know <laughs> but during that process we've been like rewatching uh old movies you know the beetlejuice uh we watched the shining uh, a couple of days ago and it's like yeah you're just like you're looking at the works of masters masters like, work's been done in who did it the movie. hard way who did it the hard yeah. way like, shooting on film like fucking think about like we watched the original top gun you yeah. know because we're working on the sequel and <laughs> I don't know if I'm, I'm supposed to say that or not. I don't know if it matters. I think um, you can say you work you work in sequel. I mean, it's been out there that it's being made, so yeah. So whatever. Yeah. Sorry if I'm, this gets me in trouble. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Joe. Um, but uh, I mean, we watched the original, right? And fucking like they're shooting all that in, on film. Like really, like inside the getting all the shots like inside the cockpits and stuff. There's no yeah, it's crazy. It's so compositing. Like, how are they fucking doing that, man? It's just, it's so, so awesome. The original Blade Runner, the original Alien, Aliens. James yeah. King, you know, like, amazing. The craziest yeah. part is just, it is film, meaning, like, if you fuck it up, it it's like thousands of dollars up. per minute. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Digital, you just, next, next clip. <laughs> um, dude, Problem. 
let's close it with there's one question that I'll read because most yeah. of most of it we kind of answered already, and it, it sort of relates to your la the last thing you've mentioned about client work, mm -hmm. which is you know uh, one of the one of the guys asks sometimes I feel that we need to be like the industry, what, what like what the industry wants and not what we want to paint, you know? So it's like almost, it almost like we're conforming our work towards what will make us hireable instead of what, uh, what will make us happy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he would be curious about your opinion on this thing. We kind of talked about it throughout the, the, you know, our conversation, but I think it's, yeah. uh, I think it's one of those things that, as you mentioned about, you know, the importance of uh, personal. Yeah. Work let me let me let me do an example so um there's these these two guys one is german and one is spanish and they're called extra weg and on instagram they uh you know, god they, they have over a hundred thousand followers maybe even two hundred thousand it's, it's a lot it's a lot and they have a signature style that's kind of a blend between what's their name the, again uh, extra weg e-x-t-r-a-w-e-g and it's all like pink, it's like pink, hum elastic humans, lots of, so much pink, um, elastic humans that have no commercial value. Like you look at it and it's like, that's <laughs> somewhat offensive or, you know, uh, this is funny. Yeah. It's like kind of pervy and, and strange, um, you know, very, you know, and it's fantastic. And, you know, one of these guys you know, worked at a studio, kind of learned some skills, started making weird pink stuff on Instagram. With his <laughs> the friend. one with the balls that are just spilling out it's humans. Ridiculous, <laughs> right? Yeah. And it's, it's very like, it's kind of like Albert Omas meets, you know, kind of this pink, shiny, elastic world. And, and it's fantastic. You know, it's very, and, and it's, it's funny because it's, it's very unexpected and it's kind of sometimes gross, sometimes, unex you know, surprising. <laughs> And, uh, you know, those guys just started doing it for fun. And, and all of a sudden, because it's fresh, it's fresh work, uh, yeah. they start getting tons of followers. And now they're doing client work that in that style, you know, and, and that work that they were doing is not, quote unquote, commercial. It's just new. You know, if you look at the new Apex Twin music video that just came out yesterday, I think, the day oh, before, know. you know, it's, 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 it's like... It's not super polished on purpose because yeah. they're. It because definitely reminds me of Albert's work. Yeah, 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 the extra work stuff for sure. But I, I think the 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 point is that if you look at the new FX Twin video, it's everything is so polished. You go look at any feature film. Go watch Pacific Rim or Avengers or any of those. I watched Pacific Rim on mute on the plane. And just fast forwarded to all the fight scenes, and that was my Pacific Rim experience. Fantastic CG. I just couldn't be. I couldn't be bothered to actually listen to the movie. Um, the second one. The second one. The first one I actually saw it in, saw it in theaters and hated it. But the second one. But I mean, the CG was fantastic. You know, it was a fantastic. Um, giant robots, giant monsters. Great. Loved it. Um, the second one just didn't bother with <laughs> listening to it. Just watched it. Um, and. You look at all that. That's very polished. Everything's very polished. And the mm -hmm. thing that why the Apex Twin music video is making waves is because it's kind of rough, and in that roughness, it's defying expectations in a way. And 
you know, there, there's a there's a new aesthetic going around called vaporwave, and vaporwave is kind of this new thing where it's kind of <laughs> beepily and kind of lo-fi, but kind of right. somewhat polished in a way, bright saturated colors, kind of noir, you know, neo wave, kind of you know, kind of style, and it's 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 not technically perfect, but it's good because it's new and it's interesting. And I would be much in- more interested in uh, really unique permutations of a variety of aesthetics and fields and themes into something that's new versus something that's expected by clients. Now, right. everybody's situation is different and everybody's exposure is different and everyone's network is different. And so it's, it's, it's easier said than done to just say, do something fresh, do something original, do something that makes you happy, and work will follow, like the extra wags of the world or the you know the other examples we talked about. Um, so you just have to find that ratio that works for you. Everybody's situation is different, um, and unfortunately, there's no secret formula. I think the secret formula is do whatever it takes to keep make you happy and make you inspired and make you want to put a lot of time into this field because you know you're going to be sitting a lot you're going to be you know you know you're you're, you're going to be missing out on some social events uh because you know you're you're working hard and that's something you have to accept and and make sure that the work you're doing is inspiring enough to you know accept that yeah um, because the only way you're going to make it is by working fucking hard um you can be the most talented person, but if you don't have a work ethic, uh, you're not going to make it. And if you have an epic work that work ethic and there's no talent, uh, you're more likely to make it because you're more likely to learn. But if you're not open to learning and collaborating and exposing yourself to different people, um, you're not going to make it either because you don't have the talent. So, you know, the, the people who don't have the talent or are new to it really need to put it upon themselves to learn. Uh, and take classes and see if it resonates. And um, you know, there's so many learning resources out there. You guys have a fantastic. Uh, I, I've recommended Learn Square to a lot of people, um, a lot of people, a lot of people, um, because it's a fantastic model. It's really interesting uh, to combine two different disciplines in the same class and have the mentorship. And it's just a wonderful platform. Mm. Um, but you need to really take it upon yourself to. Um, Get the education you need, get the exposure, get the connections, and and hustle because it's it's not easy. It's not easy at all. And even though the tools make it easy to actually get traction, um, to actually do work, you know, client work that's cool, um, is is really difficult. And it, it requires a high level of commitment um, and discipline. And yeah. and so. Uh, I wish it was easy, man. Uh, it's not, but I, I, you know, like we've mentioned this before already. You know, it. This is this is like it, it's not an easy business. It's not your nine to five. Usually, that that will get you, get okay. you somewhere, but not far. You know. Yeah. Um. So you have to be prepared to grind and grind a lot. And if you are gonna expose yourself to grind. The things that you're not really excited about you will get tired real quick you know there's there's always yeah. this I, I call it the the window 
I, I don't call it that way, but to me, it's like a window of happiness for each project where from the moment it starts for the first two weeks, you feel super excited about it and you put out your best work. But if it's not, yeah, that's, <laughs> but yeah, if it's not something that you're particularly excited about, it just plummets real quick mm. to a point where you're just like regretting to even taking the project in the first place. And now, right. you know, like, oh, shit, I got like two more months of this. Mm. It's like, oh, it becomes extremely, extremely uh, hard. You know, you have to yeah. have a lot of self-discipline to actually follow up on this and and keep going. Whereas, again, yeah. like if you if you put out the, the best work you have that you're, you're really excited about, the likelihood of you being hired to do something similar is higher. Not necessarily it's it's going to guarantee you that, but it is much higher if you have like a lot of really, you know, it, they basically hire you based on what you have, what you show. Mm. And the more yeah. the more different stuff you show, the more different kind of projects you're gonna get. I've noticed that even with my work, uh, I remember I used to do like a lot of paintings and a lot of like those illustrations that are more environment oriented, more like video game, film, uh, keyframes, that kind of that kind of stuff where it's like a lot of photo detail, a lot of like really interesting detail. It's all perfectly rendered. It all shows the characters in, in motion or it shows, you know, really rich environments, that kind of that kind of deal. And I would get a lot of film work out of that. But the moment I started posting different stuff, like my personal work, whether it's Showtime or something, like I'm not getting as much film work as I used to anymore because I just don't show that kind of work as much anymore, you know? Mm. Instead, I get those weird different projects that are kind of different, kind of outside of the realm of what I normally do and yet exciting at the same time because they re resonate with my current interest yeah if, uh, on what i'm doing right now so yeah i think I, i'd like to add one one more bit and, and real quick and i think you know a lot of it we all need to make money to survive and of course and, you know be comfortable and support whomever we need to support um and so sometimes you know if there's you kind of look at your you, it's kind of like a video game where you have like a life meter mm -hmm. you know and, and you you want to you want to have like that you know, like if, if you need you need to have like what's sustainable to you know sustain life and the comforts that you desire and that's kind of like a meter and you sometimes you have to like take a job to kind of power that meter back up you know and then you can kind of run that meter down a little bit more where you're kind of in the red zone but you're you know happy and learning new skills and kind of you know about about to power up again and then and then you take that job that's like well paying but kind of brutal for a little bit you power back up and you know, I think it. I think it's. It's always like a dynamic scale where you know this meter is kind of always fluctuating. Like the meter is not just going to go like, you know, always up. You know, because sometimes it's good to just like let the meter kind of deplete a little bit so you can do the things that you really want to do or that you feel are necessary. And I feel like if you're if you're trapped in like a client job that you're hating. Um, try to learn a new skill while you're doing it or try to bridge a connection yeah. and make it worthwhile, you know, try a new technique or learn a new plugin or, you know, explore a different aesthetic, even though it's going to get rejected, you could use the time on the clock to explore it. Like you really do have to be selfish about, um, at the end of the day, and this is, this is kind of a, a weird thing to say, but it's at the end of the day, it's all about you. You know, it's all about kind of, you know, sure you're doing work for other people and with other people, et cetera. But like, it's your experience, you know, and you can you can be selfish about it and make sure that you get what you need to 
make it worthwhile, you know, and mm. I think, I, I don't think that's a, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing to think that way, you know, like, you're going to do great work, and you're going to be collaborative, and you're going to do all those things, but you should just make sure that you're kind of taking care of number one, you know, like, make yourself a priority, and, and don't be a victim to the, you know, the situation you put yourself in. Yeah, I would agree, and I think this is a good, good, uh, good clo closing statement. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've been almost talking for yeah, almost two hours now. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. It's okay. Like I can go forever. Obviously, I got a ton of work to do, but I know yeah. you're pretty busy too. Those yeah. conversations kind of go that way, you know. You start, you, you you talk, you talk, you talk, and then like you look at the clock. Holy shit! It's yeah. <laughs> time yeah. is flying. Well, we spend a lot of time doing this stuff, so there's a lot to share. Yeah, that's been awesome, man. I, I would love to have you back uh, maybe sometime uh, later in the year or early next year. We'll see yeah. when, whenever you're free because yeah. like, it seems like there's just a ton of topics we could just go over. Even just the photography, that yeah. by itself, yeah. you know, I, I'm getting more and more interest in. And, and, um, oh, that's so fun, dude. I highly it recommend is. it'll change, change every, the way you look at everything. Dude, I have yeah. my I have my Profoto straws in the in in the closet, just waiting to be undusted. <laughs> yeah, undust those things, man. It's fun. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, thanks a lot for for joining us and uh, listening through the mumble we had here. Uh -huh. uh, I think it was pretty informative, dude. I was, I was one of the best. And uh, thanks for your time, dude. Thanks for uh, uh, thanks for joining me. And uh, yeah, let's wrap it up here. And uh, have a good night, good day. Yeah, good you morning. too, man. Pleasure. Yeah, it was an absolute are. pleasure. So, yeah. Peace. Bye bye, guys. <laughs>